to this week's podcast presented by Freedom Life Church. We hope you find today's message uplifting and encouraging as we dive into God's Word together. If you need any information about our church or this message, please go to wearefreedomlife.com. Now let's get right into it. Once again, good, good morning, Freedom, and I'm excited to continue this new series we just begun. Everybody look at your neighbor, say, it's the heart of Christmas that I have peace. It's, it's important. You need to understand that. The heart of Christmas is that not only would you be someone that's uh, joyful, but somebody that's full of peace. It is the heart of God that you would have peace this season. Now, if you've been to any Walmart, you would not think this is a season of peace. I went with my wife the other day. We went, uh, we went in, 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 uh, shopping for a little bit here, and we went to a particular store, uh, and we went there, and I, I had one item in my hand. One. One item in my hand. I said, this was amazing, first of all, that I had one item in my hand. Because this store is my favorite, and I like to have multiple items in my hand. Preferably bought by a gift card. How many like gift cards? How many know that gift cards are from God? I'm convinced that when God fed Israel, he fed them with food and then he threw gift cards. I'm, I'm just, I'm just going to throw that out there. It's not biblical, but I'm pretty sure it happened at some point in, in history of mankind. Um, but I, I, was on, I was about to get online and I realized, oh, this is long. And then I kept walking. And then when I got to the end of the line, I realized it curved. And then I looked and it was, a, it was a line of people as far as the eye could see all the way to the almost halfway back to the store. And it's a long store. And I said, I got one item, man. One item. I said, where's the self-checkout when I really want one? Where's the express lane? And so I got on this line and it was just, it was just chaos, people everywhere. And so sometimes you can feel like, you know what? Peace is not exactly at the forefront, but I believe that the heart of Christmas really should have peace. It should have hope. We talked about it last week, right? We talked about hope is at the heart of Christmas. Hope. Everything begins with hope. People who are walking aimlessly on this earth are walking aimlessly because there is no hope. So hope is very important. That was last week's. If you were looking for hope, uh, you're a week late, but there's still a podcast out there floating. But I will talk about hope to some degree because I believe that there's hope in peace. Peace allows us to kind of trigger the hope that we're looking for. And so we, we have been discovering the true meaning of this. And the question that I have to ask you is if, if you could choose what you want most in life, what would you ask for? Would you ask for hope, peace, joy, or love? Hope, peace, joy. Some of you are like, I want all of it. It's a package deal. It's a package deal. I want peace. I really do. And I think all those things are important. But if you don't have peace, you make chaotic decisions. If you don't have peace, you make 
ungodly, unwise decisions. You react differently. You act differently. When there's no peace, the first thing that you can cling to, you'll cling to it. Whether it's a person or money or a job, you'll cling to that thing because you lack the peace. So I want to redefine peace this morning. I want to redefine it. But I also want us to realize that um, peace is all you got. So my message while we're redefining peace, my message title this morning is when peace is all you got. When peace is all you got. People want peace in marriages, in their families, in their workplaces, in their country, and in the world. We all want peace. Most of us would say, I want my country to be at peace. People want peace. And our country, while it has some of the highest, best medical and and psychological treatment centers, the highest educational institutions, and worldwide communication abilities, how many know that that does not mean we have peace? In fact, for some of us, the more and more communication we have with the world, the more and more we realize we we don't have peace because we look at everybody else's toys. How many are with me already? We look at everybody else's toys and we go, oh, look at who got a new car. But they, don't even, they didn't even return my blender from the other week. You laugh, but it's true. You say, look who bought a house. But they still have my DVD that they never gave back from 1986. Was there even DVDs? Okay, never mind. But you, you, don't, you lack peace. Because you're looking at everybody else's things and you think to yourself, well, I want that. And why can't I have that? And you lack peace because you're often looking at everybody else's chapter 20 while you're living in chapter 1. And sometimes that can be the worst thing you could ever do. It'll ruin your day. So if you find yourself discouraged, don't keep scrolling. Stop. Just plain stop. Because there's only pain at the end of that. There's only comparison. And when you compare and compete, you'll live in defeat. And that's the bottom line. And so that peace that passes all understanding is available. I need you to look at me for a moment. I need you to hear this. That peace that God wants for you is available. But if you compare yourself to everybody and everything around you, you're going to lack peace. It's going to be very hard. It's going to be very hard to have peace. Most people that are without true inner peace, these people oftentimes make poor decisions, and what ends up happening is broken marriages, split families, hatred and rebellion, financial insecurity, financial anxiety, and oftentimes it leads to a country that's unsettled. Have you ever been in a country that's unsettled? I'm living in one right now. They lack peace. The world lacks peace because they lack the prince of it. There's a prince. And he owns peace. There's a prince, and he is peace. There's a prince that has offered us peace, and he is asking you to reach out and take it today. See, the world has not sought the things of God like they sought the things of this world. Pleasure, self-satisfaction, even the things that look noble like positive thinking. 
How many know that we could think positively, but it won't always change everything? Because positive thinking holds no candle to godly thinking. The realm of the kingdom is on another level. The realm of God is at another level. So don't, even, don't think that somehow some, some, help, some self-help book is going to do what God's word can do. Because there's a truth, and that truth is often hidden in some sort of way, in some sort of uh, behind this veil somewhere where you have to keep searching. And God says, I have it right here. I am the way, the truth, and the life. See, the world never has and never will hold the answer to true peace because that true peace is found in Christ alone. How many agree with me today? See, you can choose to have true peace. And true peace comes out of not man, but it comes from God and God alone. This peace is the fruit of the Holy Spirit, often spoke of in Galatians. Watch this. In Galatians 5, I want to read this passage to you. Maybe you want to follow along with me. Galatians 5 reads like this. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. You know what he's saying here? Nothing can touch this. Nothing can compare to these things. Why? Because love, joy, peace, forbearance, and so on are all the things that God wants for you. So say this with me. Say, God wants this for me. So all these things that Paul uh, writes to the church of Galatia, he says this, all these things are for you, every single one of you, and it starts with love. But in the middle of all that is peace because you need peace in the middle of all things. You need peace because it helps you make righteous decisions. You need peace because it helps you love others more than you love yourself. That doesn't mean you don't love yourself, but it means to choose others above yourself. God will take good care of you if you love others before you love yourself. Some said that the acronym for joy is Jesus, others, and yourself. And I, I tend to lean toward that. When you put Jesus first and you put others second, yourself, while it's third, it's not the end of the road. God will look out for you because when you look out for Jesus and his interests and the things that he's aligned for you, then you care about your neighbor. Come on, look at your neighbor to your left. Tell him I'm kind of liking you. Look at the other one. Say, I like you too, even though you're second. Because you went to the other one first, right? Let's be honest. I said, look to your side. I didn't say which side. Oh, did I? It doesn't matter. Listen to what I'm saying to you. (laughs) Moving along. Peace is important. Peace helps you make the decisions that God wants you to make without feeling the feelings the world has made you believe. Peace will help you make decisions God wants you to make. While the the decisions of this world, oftentimes, they provoke you to make decisions toward the world. And so peace is important. 
Don't ever discount peace. Don't ever, you need to redefine what that looks like. You need to redefine what's peace. Peace is not, oh, well, everything's calm in my house right now. All the kids are gone. That's not, while you may feel peace, that's not the definition of peace. You may feel it. You may be like, Lord, that is, um, yes, Lord. That's not what peace is. See, you could have 15 people in the house running around like crazy and still have peace inside your heart. Because something has satisfied your soul. And look at me. Nothing satisfies the soul like trust in God. Nothing satisfies you like trusting in God. Today we're going to look at, at the aspect of peace and, and as it being a part of the heart of Christmas. I have to be real careful how I said that. A part of the heart of Christmas. Now, the first announcement of the arrival of Jesus in Bethlehem, let's go to there for a moment, was given by a multitude of heavenly angels, which you may have uh, heard were here Sunday night, and they were located in this area. If you have seen last week's play, it was amazing. The little angels that were singing their heart out. I loved it. And the stage was full of people just singing to the Lord. Can you imagine for a moment heavenly angels coming down and declaring Jesus Christ? And the first announcement did not come to the people of authority, the people here and the people. The first one came to shepherds. Shepherds who were out in the field watching their flocks at night. And as they were there in Luke chapter 8, we read this, we read, and there was shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid, I bring you good news. That will cause great joy. How many know that if an angel shows up and he says, relax, I bring you good news of great joy? How many are we like excited about that, right? So the shepherds were out there doing their job. Listen, sometimes you need to be doing your job so that while you're in the midst of what God has assigned you to do, he will give you a word. And that word for them at that moment was, I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. He will, this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes, lying in a manger, and suddenly a company of heavenly hosts, right, appeared with the angel, praising God, saying this, glory to God in the highest and on the earth, peace to those to, on whom his favor rests. What came, what, 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 is, what were they praying? And what on earth? Peace. Why? Because in the presence of Jesus, there is peace. And so what they started to declare was that there is peace and peace has arrived. You no longer have to worry. You no longer have to, have to be afraid that peace has arrived. And then Luke 2 tells us, glory to God in the highest and on earth. Peace among those to whom he is pleased. God wants peace for his people. Somebody say amen. I need you to know that. 
I need you to know that God has furnished and put an opportunity for you to have peace in your life. If you don't have peace this morning, you came to the right place. I'm praying peace upon your life, your family, your finances, your future. I'm looking forward to these things because I have the Prince of Peace that lives within me. And so do you. If you know Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord, know that you have the Prince of Peace within you. And so shepherds in the first century of Israel were individuals who were exiled, and, or rather existed, and, and, and oftentimes what felt like exile. They were just out there. They're kind of, you know, taking care of their sheep and, and doing the, the shepherd thing. People didn't look there. They're almost socially exiled from most things. You would think that if God had great news, he would have told the most, quote, important people first. But he told the shepherds, now listen, I don't know where you are in your life or how you view yourself, but I know there are times that I'm completely floored and amazed that God will still use me, me, imperfect as I am, he would use me for his glory. And maybe you're like me, maybe, you, maybe you're all that, maybe you're great, maybe you're fantastic, and you tell yourself that every day in the mirror. You're great, you're wonderful, you're beautiful, and for goodness sake, people love you. Maybe you give yourself that speech in the morning. I know Bud does, because Bud is amazing. But everybody else, maybe you're like me. You're like the shepherd guy. Like, what, what, what did God do? Why did, what did I do to deserve to know the good news? Because when I came to Jesus, I was lost. I was young, but I was lost. I realized that in my life, I needed something more. And I didn't have exactly what I'm preaching on right here this morning, peace. I didn't have it. And I didn't know how to get it. I thought peace was found in finding the right person. I thought maybe peace would, would be found in having all the money I, I've ever wanted. I still haven't got that part. I'll figure it out. Lord should at least give me a try. Like give me a chance to figure that out. But it was not in those things. It was not in relationships. It was not in anything. But, but I, when, when I gave my life to Jesus, there's a peace that came over me that night, July 30th, 1993. That was a very important day for me. It was exactly one entire month before my birthday. And so I realized one month before my 16th birthday that there is more to life than things. And that day, I gave my life to Jesus. And so let me share with you real quick points. There are 17 points to this message. Let me start. Some of you just woke up. Good morning. Some of you said, did he just say 17? All right, I'll cut it down to three just for you. Point number one, the peace of God is for all people. Somebody say all people. Come on, tell your neighbor all people. That means you too. Now, I won't tell you which side. You decide that now. It's for you. It's for all people. Peace is for me. Peace is for you. And the angels declared peace. By telling them 
not to be afraid. He said, peace. The message that they brought was good news because the baby had been born, the long-awaited Messiah. The angels told them where to find Jesus, and before they left on their search, a heavenly host spoke over them, peace on, their, on them who his favor rests. See, I, I, there was a survey taken in that survey. Nearly one-third of those who questioned said that of all the people mentioned in the Christmas story, they identified the most with his shepherds. <laughs> the people that just don't even know why they were selected. And I think that speaks to the, to the heart of most of us don't feel worthy of being in God's presence. How many have ever felt that sense of unworthiness? Let's be honest, just for be transparent for a moment. How many ever felt unworthy of his presence at one point in your life or another? Just show of hands real quick. Some of you felt like, man, God, I don't deserve God in my life. You know, most people feel that way. You know, but that's, I believe that's one reason why he came to them first. He wanted to show them there's no favoritism in the kingdom of God. Those who are laboring and taking care and doing and looking and watching, God will take care of you. And so what I find most amazing is that when God wanted to announce that, he did not do it in the presence of kings or queens or very high-profile individuals. He did it for the shepherds first. And from the time sin entered the world, it's caused the rift between man and God. And so that sin causes us to feel unworthy, which then turns around and causes us to feel a lack of peace. Look at me now for a moment. I need you to hear this. Sin brings a lack of peace with it that most of us don't even realize is an underlining element. When you sin, you attack your peace. Think about it. The very thing that God wants to give you is not found in sin. It's found opposite sin. So when you sin and you do something against God's word, what you're doing is you're minimizing the opportunity to have peace in your life. And what you do is, whatever you give up in peace, you now pick up in guilt. And then you hold that guilt. God doesn't put that on you. He convicts you, but he doesn't guilt you. God doesn't guilt man into following him. He convicts them. In other words, he tells you, come back to me. You've wronged yourself. You've wronged your neighbor, and you've wronged me. Come to me, and I will make you right. That's conviction. You know what guilt is? Guilt is, you stink at this. Stop following Jesus. You're no good and you don't deserve it. You never have. You never will. You're a giant mistake. Give up now. That is not kingdom talk. That is not God. That is not the Holy Spirit. If you hear that after you sin, you're not listening to the right voice. God's not going to stand there and tell you stink. You're horrible at what you do. And you, you're just, you're, you're no good sissy muggins. It's Christmas. I had to throw something in there. I don't know what that means, and if it means something bad, I didn't say it. I don't know what that means. Alicia, do the research for me, would you? Let me know. I may have just sworn in elf culture. I don't know. My wife is telling me, keep going. So, let's move forward. The truth is that when we sin, we don't sin just against ourselves. 
We sin against God. And we don't just sin against God, we sin against ourselves. Putting ourselves in a place where we lack peace. And so if you lack peace today, the first thing to do is say, God, I lack peace. Forgive me of all my sin so that I can now rest in your grace. How I know we need to do that daily. Yes? And if you don't feel like you need to do that daily, see me after service. I want to know your secrets. Because every one of us fallen short of the glory of God. Colossians tells us this, because when we're dealing with the Lordship of Christ, how many know that our, our struggles are not just going to church or reading the Bible? That's not the, that's not the heart of the struggle. The heart of the struggle is he's not Lord. That's where the problem is. The problem, the problem is not just I, I have a Bible and I don't understand it. That's, that's a surface problem. We could fix that, right? There's like 111 translations out there. There's one out there for you. So the problem is not the translation. The problem is not I don't have time. Let's be honest. We have time. We just don't make it. Case in point, if your phone was to ring right this moment and someone you love dearly, dearly, was just rushed to the hospital and they have one hour to live, you would drop what you're doing and you would go. Why? Because you make time for what's important. Pastor Tony, I'm sorry, I got to go. And you'll be out the door. Why? Because you make time for what matters. So the problem is not time. The problem is not the translation. And guess what? While we're not a perfect church, the problem is not the church. The problem is, at its, at its heart, the problem is the lordship of Jesus Christ. Is he Lord of your life? If, is, if he's Lord of your life, then you will make the Lord of your life Lord of your day. So what am I saying? I'm saying that the peace is available to all those who call him Lord and make that Lordship important to yourself. How many are taking notes? I hope you are. Because this is good. Watch this. Colossians tells us this. 119, Colossians 119 says this, for God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him and through him to reconcile himself to all things, whether the things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood, who's his? Jesus, peace through his blood shed on the cross. Once you were alienated from God, raise your hand if you were once alienated from God, right? Hopefully you're not this morning, but if you are, we can fix that. Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior. But now, everybody say, but now. You're making me repeat a lot, Pastor. I know because some of you are still tired. I'm going to get you there. But now he reconciled you by Christ's physical body through the death to present you holy. Listen, he wants to present you holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation. That's what he wants from you. He wants you to be presented the right way because we have a, we have a natural tendency and, and we have a, uh, a tendency to lean toward evil behavior. How many ever met a little child and you said, I'm not sure that that child does not know sin? I'm pretty sure that child knows exactly what sin means. Yes, they're three, but they, I'm pretty sure they know. 
because I tell them no and they go the other way. They do exactly what I tell them not to do. And that inclination toward evil behavior is natural. And that's called, watch this, sinful nature. We're not all born good. We're born wanting to wish that we were good. We just want what we want when we want it. That's how we're born. But God says, if you would trust me, I will give you peace. I will give you peace. So being reconciled to God is the key to experiencing peace in your life. Not just in your life, but all areas of your life. How many could use peace in all areas of your life? Not just one area, right? Some of you are like, I could use a little bit here, sprinkle it over here. No, I want all of the peace in every area. Like, I want it to be all-encompassing. I want all of that, amen? Point number two, since you asked, point number two is Jesus reconciles us to God. What does that reconcile mean? It means we were once a way off, but with Jesus, he has brought peace to us so that we can come back to God. And Christmas time is a time where many people come back to God. Maybe that's you this morning. Maybe you've been away from church, away from God. But this morning, something's stirring in you. This peace you speak of, Pastor Tony. I had it once. Something went wrong. And I don't feel it anymore. But I really want to have it. I really want it in my life. Can I tell you something? It's available. It's available right here. It's available right now. That peace. Because God has set his son in this place to reconcile all of us to himself. Is that good? That's the heart of Christmas. See, everybody wants to buy gifts, and that's great. I like gifts. I like gift cards. I like, I like fun technical stuff. I have too many technical things, but I can always use one more. How many, how many are like, you like a certain thing, but you'd be like, I have everything I need, but I can use one more. Right? There's always that next thing because you love it. You, whatever it is, I, listen, I, like you, love gifts. That's great. But it's not about that. Christmas is about the ultimate gift that nobody could wrap and nobody could take away. And that gift is found in peace. Man, you need peace. You need peace in your heart to function. Some of us overlook peace. We think, oh, I really, joy is good. Oh, love, absolutely, everything's love. You know, God is love and all these things love, and that's great. We're going to talk about that uh, week four. But let me tell you something. We are, are slowly killing our peace when we realize, man, I want this more than I want God. And what we're doing is we're shortchanging ourselves and our purpose. How many realize that we need peace, like for real? We need peace in our lives. And I tell you what, right now, uh, peace does not mean that you won't have any problems. I like how uh, Dr. Tony Evans said this, and this is a direct quote from pastor and speaker Dr. Tony Evans, one of my favorite speakers, an amazing man of God. He said this, peace does not mean you won't have any problems. Peace means that your problems won't have you. That's good right there. 
Peace doesn't mean you don't have problems. Peace just means that problems don't have you. I'm not going to immerse myself in my problems. I'm going to look toward the one who's the problem solver. You with me? I'm going to look to him who solves all problems with the peace that passes all understanding. The peace offered to those on, from whom his favor rests. Listen, that does not mean there's the absence of conflict. We may still have circumstances that don't go our way or challenging relationships to navigate, trying to figure things out. And what it does promise is that the presence of God in our lives, and if he is with us, listen, that's the key, right? Jesus has to be in us. And you don't have to have, say, some secret, some secret code, you know, you know to, to get Jesus to do something in your life. There's not a secret potion or, or holy water or something like that. Like, it's just saying, God, I want you to, to just overwhelm me with your presence. Ask him, just plain ask him. He's available to you, and he's willing. He's willing to guide you and help you. God desires for us to make peace with ourselves because every past mistake, every personal struggle, every worry, everything that we we endure in our lives oftentimes tends to strip away at the grace that God has bestowed upon us. So make peace with yourself. I will make mistakes, but my mistake will not be me not choosing God today. I'm going to choose God today. Today, I will not make that mistake. Today, I'm choosing God in my life. You can worry about tomorrow, tomorrow, but today, today, I want his peace in my life. Today, I want his grace in my life. Today, I will cling to hope and live in peace. That's the heart of God, that I would cling to hope and live in peace because those things are remedies to the, to the things that this world has tried to throw at us, the chaos, the inadequacies, all the things that we're feeling. We never feel like we can do enough, be enough, or, or hold on to enough. And God says, you don't. I already did. I am your prince of peace. Hold on to hope and live in the peace that he's available to each of us. Amen? I thought I'd get one more amen than that. Come on. All right. Advent comes from the Latin word meaning arrival. So when we look at the Advent season, we need to understand it's the arrival that makes the difference. The arrival. Why is the arrival so important? I'm glad you asked. Because the arrival ushered in a new form of how God interacts with man. Did you know that? When Jesus came, there was a new way God opened the doors to connect with us. Aren't you grateful? Who's grateful right now for the Advent season that God created the opportunity for us to be with God through his son, Jesus Christ? That's what has happened. That's what has opened up to us. And so what we realize is Jesus' first coming was the arrival of God's light to the world. And at Christmas time, we realize that he is the light and we are the ones that follow that light and also live in it. My third and final point is simply this. Peace is our purpose. When we walk around, what the world needs is peace. When you can, when you can go through turmoil and the, the world looks at you and they go, why didn't you fall apart? Why didn't you break? 
How could you be stretched like that and still believe God? You know what you could say? I follow a peace that no man knows outside of himself. Outside of myself, oftentimes I can only find temporary peace. But that peace that we find is Jesus Christ. And that's found within a relationship with him. So when they, look at you, when they look at you and they go, how did you break that sickness? How did you break that addiction? How did you still stay married and worked it out? How did you do that? You know what you could say? I have a prince of peace that lives within me. It's a weapon of mass construction. Peace is a realization that there is more building that God wants to do than tearing down. He's building character in you. Every trial and every tribulation, he's building in you. And he said, and it's the, the biggest sermon he's ever preached, Matthew 5, Sermon on the Mount, blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Why? Because you, my friend, look at me, you are a peacemaker. You are a peacemaker. Every time the enemy wants to tempt you and you don't react the way he wants you to react and you react the way God wants you to react, you know what you're creating? Peace. You're a peacemaker. When parents, when things go bad and your kids are watching your attitude and you still remain standing on his word, you still stay firm and say, God said this and I believe it. Stand with me. Agree with me. No matter what, I know God is. He is and was and is to come again and I'm going to believe him at his word. Guess what you're doing? You're creating peace in your home. You are a peacemaker. When your kids look at you and they realize that should have broke anybody, but you said, no, uh -uh. I'm not just anybody. I'm a child of the king and I will not be broken. I will not be shaken. I will not be satisfied until I make peace in this home. So every time I decide Jesus over the world, I'm making peace. Every time I choose God's word over the word of the world, I am making peace. I'm a peacemaker. You are called to be a peacemaker. That's your job. When you're at work and somebody's asking you something, make peace. When you're at the work, when you're, when you're out and about and shopping or wherever you're going and something goes wrong and people say, this should be that. Nope, I'm making peace. Excuse me while I go make peace. That does not mean go hit the person with your car so you can feel better about yourself. Somebody caught you off. Some of you are making more than peace. Stick to peace. All right? Some of you are like, peace is found here. No, 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 no. There's something deeper than that. It reminds me of what Linus said to Charlie Brown and Charlie Brown Christmas. It's one of my favorite the watch. Charlie Brown was having trouble getting into the Christmas spirit, and Linus observed. He said, Charlie Brown, you're the only person I know who can take a wonderful season like Christmas and turn it into a problem. Unfortunately, this is the outcome for many people. Christmas is about other things that really matter. Hope, peace, joy, 
and love. So let's redefine what peace looks like. Peace does not look like everything is calm. Peace looks like I'm calm because everything's in his hands. That's true peace. Oh, I know. Some of you are like, since I received Jesus, things that went crazy in my life. Why did I do this? I've had people tell me, Pastor Tony, why did I accept Christ? Ever since I accept Christ, things have went crazy. I said, well, you ruffled some feathers, man. You started wanting to be free. You started not to be wanting to be addicted anymore. You started this crazy idea that somehow you want to be saved and go to heaven. That's going to ruffle some feathers. Don't expect to receive Jesus and everything is candy lane. Right? Like everything is great. No, it's, you're going to have trouble. Jesus never said, hey, listen, if you get trouble, listen, just pray. No, he said, when you will have trouble, when you see pain, when you go through trials. He said, when? He said, when? He said, when? Because you're going to go through it. So let's redefine what peace looks like. Because peace is all you got. Peace is all you got right now. So don't undercut and don't undermine it. And know that the peace comes from the prince who owns all peace. And so I don't know what you're going through today. Some of you, I know there's some of you that are going to, you know, I just went through surgery or going through surgery or going through sickness. Some of you online right now, you're not here in this building because you're sick. We're praying for you. We're believing God to heal you. But I tell you one thing is for sure. Peace doesn't mean everything around me is calm. Peace means I'm calm because he's around me. Are you feeling what I'm saying this morning? Because peace is all you got. John said in John 14, 27, uh, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. The peace that the world gives is not the same. Do not let your heart be troubled and do not be afraid. Why? Because he's the giver of peace, my friends. So wherever you are right now, I need you to look at me for a moment. No, the peace he's offering you, no one can duplicate. No one can mimic But here's the best part. You ready for the best news? No one can take it away. No one can take it away. Ain't that right? Raise your hand if you know that there's a prince of peace and no one can take it away. Listen, look around the room. Testify for a moment. Some people believe. And for those of you that don't believe that, listen, I want you to know something. He is available to give you peace today. So let's do this together. Let's understand this morning that the gift that God has offered you is wrapped, wrapped in in the form of his son. If you accept the son, you will have peace. You just have to ask, give me that peace, God. So maybe you're in this room today or maybe you're online or listening to this podcast right now. You don't have peace. Can I ask you to pray this prayer with me right now, right where you're at? Even if you know Jesus, pray this prayer anyway, because there's some believers that, my goodness, you need peace right now. And I want to believe 
that God will give it to you right this moment. Come on, every eyeball closed for just a moment, every head bowed for just a moment, and I want you to pray this with me right where you are. It does not matter where you are. Just for a moment, pray this prayer with me. Say, Jesus, you are the Prince of Peace. You are the one who comes to give us life abundantly. I trust you. In your hands I give myself. I want your peace, your hope, your joy, your love. Flood me. Jesus, I give myself to you. In Jesus' name. Take a moment right now and say, God, I want your peace in my life. Flood me right now with your peace. Father, you see every soul in this room right now. You see their struggle is so much. It's overwhelming, God. But I pray instead, let your peace overwhelm them today in such a powerful way. Let the heart of Christmas come out and let that peace that passes all understanding flood them today in their homes, their family, their marriages, their finances. God, there's so much happening in this world. But none of it, none of it should affect me the way I've allowed it to. So I give to you my life and I ask your peace to let me see things the way you want me to see things. You are the Prince of Peace. You are the Prince of Peace. So God, today, fill your people with peace that is beyond anything they've ever imagined or experienced. In Jesus' name. Stand with me all across this room if you don't mind. I assure you this one point before I release you to go about your day. And here's the one thought I want to leave you with. And it's right up on your screen. Peace is available to all who desire it. You struggle with anxiety. You struggle with fear. You struggle with not knowing your purpose. I get it. In one way or another, we've all been there. But here's what I do know. Peace, until you find it, is available. 